Hey, what's up, everybody? Today's episode of Overly Blunt Podcast is brought to you guys by Miguel Monzo of Monzo Press Studio. That is M-A-N-Z-O Press Studio. Check him out on Instagram right now, and you guys can look at the work he has out, some of the procedures, everyone that messes with him in the Inland Empire. And if you guys are in the Riverside area, make sure to visit the website, monzopressstudio.com. And use Overly Blunt at the checkout and get 15% off your order. A location is coming real soon, guys, if you're in the Riverside area. And you'll soon be able to pull up on him and just tell him the same thing. Overly Blunt sent you. And big things coming from my boy. Appreciate you, Monzo Press. Now here's the show. OBOP! I'm just saying, we ain't frontin', we ain't at the different in public. We keep it real, fuck what they feel, man. I'm just being honest. Even keeping it 99 is way too far for 100. Catch us overly blunt and overly blunt. Catch us overly blunt and overly blunted. Yeah. Catch us overly blunt and overly blunted. Look up at the sky and tell me all of your dreams. Pretend I am the North Star ready to lead you through the darkest night. I'm here to guide you through life's greatest mysteries. Because the key to happiness lies way beyond the trees, past all of the suffocating smoke that just makes you want to choke every time you're told you're supposed to be earning a degree. Funny, coming from the same people who French inhale their own misery. They're trying to make it look sexy, but from here I can already see the cancer spreading. And it's telling me this 9 to 5 is not where I'm supposed to be. Because this art, this art is my destiny. So one day, I wake up from a nightmare and a strobe light starts prancing. Then the smoke clears, but it's still me that they're gassing. Now watch the light as it starts blinking and flashing rapidly at the end of the tunnel. So hold my hand because I think we're about to go underwater. And at first I start to think that I'm drowning. People are looking down on me and when I look all around me, I can see life is happening. But then I see the sun beneath the reef. An epiphany leads me to believe that contrary to popular opinion, this is not just a dream. So I start swimming and swimming as I realize the drowning was just me floating towards my reality. But the near living in fear left me under the impression that I was actually sinking. With great risk comes great reward. That's why the same people living in stability are just too afraid of uncertainty to ever make any real money. Forgetting that sacrifices are just a part of the journey. So I stretch towards life's wonders and possibilities before I know it time has passed and I can feel it bringing out of me the beast I've been yearning. I've now become adaptable in all of my surroundings. I can swim in the deepest of oceans or I can walk on land with my own two feet. Man, I swear to God the little mermaid doesn't have shit on me because I'm untamed and I am free. I prowl ever so calmly and gently but I'm ready to attack at any opportunity. I'm fucking hungry for patience because I'm sick and tired of working for a man that I'm better than and it's making me frustrated. See, I refuse to become a corporate zombie. I refuse to live amongst the walking dead. People content with paid vacations and underpaid salaries. The world is mine for the taking, but they lied and said that I'm still in the making. That my dreams will forever be on hold because there's no money in creative thinking. There's no dignity in always questioning authority. So stop switching periods for question marks and just focus on your priorities. 
Focus on your friends and family, but just know that they won't always be there to understand where you're going. Claiming to fuck with the vision, they call themselves Bob the Let's Builders, but can be the first ones to blame for destroying your life's mission. They say love is blind, which is probably why I never see my friends and family, but I still strive to showcase my vulnerability for the world to see. I bring a voice to those who silence unsubstantial conversation with their negativity. The world desperately needs positivity, so not trying would only signify the beginning to our ending. Say, do my best to tap into your feelings until I force you to make a sound. Stepping outside of my comfort zone is frightening, but thankfully, creative freedom of expression is what I found. And before I leave this world, I'll be sure to thunder a roar so loud. There will be animals hollering and running all around. The earth will start shaking from its core until it reaches ground. People will watch me walk into a room and they'll start to kneel and bow down, all while the birds are singing and chirping the happiest of sounds. Because I'm not giving up until I own the crystal stairway to heaven and I rightfully inherit my regal crown. Ooh, motherfucking Astrid. Overly Blown Podcast. It's Chris X, Matt. Overly Blown CM. Only podcast. We're keeping it 99. It's way too far from 100. That was Astrid right now. Dropping some bars on y'all. Some snaps on y'all. What's oh, up? Man. What's up? How you doing? I'm good. I'm shaking. I felt that so heavy right you now. You felt it? Yeah. You're, I don't know if you felt it. You, <laughs> I hope you were saying did. some shit, though. Yeah, honestly, I think I felt it because I haven't read that actually in a while, but it's actually perfectly describing where I'm at in my current life right now. Um, I just graduated from Dominguez Hills, Mm -hmm. so now I'm kind of like, now what? Yeah. What do I do now? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to figure that out because, like I was telling you earlier, um, I actually ended up pursuing a degree in business administration with a concentration in HR there. And it wasn't until like my last year of school that I had left that I realized that this is not what I want to do. But I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm almost about to graduate. So why am I going to start all over with school? Like I'm done with school. This is not what I want. Mm -hmm. And knowing what I wanted to pursue was scary because there's no uncertainty in it, which is this poetry. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I think when I wrote that poem, I felt it so heavily because it's just like I was so frustrated I was just so like scared because I didn't know what I wanted I knew what I wanted to do but I just didn't know if I had the courage to actually do it and so So now that's what I'm working on you went went to college with the intention of just getting your business degree that's all that's all the only kind of passion you had in the beginning just why even go to college though? Like, was it a whole because you're, you know, just to, for your parents, or was it because just you felt out the way to go? Yeah. So I honestly just did do it for my parents because my parents they were brought up with that traditional idea. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to school, right, right. You get your career, and then you're just chilling, then you retire and you die. Mm-hmm. And so I was kind of like just doing it because I guess that's what I was told I was supposed to do. Oh, and you. Um, but even in the first two years that I was in school, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. And the only reason why I chose business was because I wanted to work with people, but I wanted to do something where I felt like I could still make some good money. So I decided, let me just get into business mm-hmm. and I'll just do HR because I was dealing with people. And so everything was good. I mean, my classes were amazing. My professors were really, really dope. And even when I finished... Um, all of the classes that I needed to take, mm-hmm. I was still enjoying them. But what showed me that that's not what I wanted was doing an internship. And so when I did well, it... What in- was that internship? I was with Metro in the HR department. Metro? The transportation agency. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was there, and it was just kind of like, you know, this is cool, but this is not... But were you just handling, like, 
issues with, like, what kind of issues issues with you um, dealing with? Well, we just do recruitment, so we just hire people all the time. We just hire all the time. So it's the same thing over and over again. And I just knew that that's not what I wanted in my life. I didn't want right. to just work and know exactly what my day was going to consist of. It was just going to be this boring routine. And, and mm-hmm. that's what I saw um, as far as the people that worked there, that their lives were just kind of pretty much stagnant. I mean, you have to wait years and years to get a promotion, and even then it's so competitive, so you might even have to wait longer than that because yeah. people that work in those kinds of places just never leave. And so that's why I, in the poem I touch on, you know, the, like this 9 to 5 shit is just not for me, and mm-hmm. I got to experience that firsthand. And so just knowing that was like even more inspiration for me to just take that risk and just decide that, you know what, I want to pursue this poetry more seriously. And it's possible, but it's just like, there's a stigma, you know, behind it um, that, you know, there's no money in that. And and I get that it's Mm -hmm. really hard to make it, but I honestly believe I do have the potential to get there. I've been told you. (laughs) I really do. I've been told you, but, um, uh, you always always had a passion for like the bars or what did that, or even that, um, How'd you get that that love for for poetry and all that? Well, initially I started writing because uh, maybe like around 2014, I would say that that was one of the hardest years of my life. Mm. Just um, because it was finally where I had to figure out a lot of shit for myself emotionally as far as um, the friends that I had at the time, people I was hanging out with, like the stuff that I was doing, just Mm -hmm. nothing really productive, just kind of... You start realizing this bullshitting with people, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, then shit with my family was kind of going south too. Like it just wasn't a good time for us either. Mm-hmm. And then um, like as far as relationships went, I was just struggling. So it was kind of mm. like everything in my life was just not happening for me. And so I had seen someone at school uh, perform a poem once, and I just remember thinking damn, like, I wish I could do that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until a year later when all this stuff was happening that I decided, you know what, like, let me just write this out really quick. And um, I ended up writing this really short piece because I didn't just start off doing spoken word. Mm -hmm. Um, That didn't happen until about, like, two years after I was writing short poems. So spoken word was something that came later on, but I would write little short stanzas, um, some of them did kind of sound like raps <laughs> because yeah. I was doing a lot of like the, like just jumping off syllable mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it was still intended to be a poem. I never really wrote anything like, oh, this could be a rap one day. But just knowing afterwards from other friends, like how they would write their raps, um, I would kind of see the mm-hmm. similarities. And I mean, all all poems are basically raps. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much raps. It's just Rappers over a beat. But for some of them, you do have to like tweak them because rap is more on the syllables and, like, mm, yeah. making sure that everything's more in sync. And with spoken word, you don't even have to rhyme or That's true. anything. It could just be you just talking. Yeah, expressing yourself, huh? Yeah, so there there is a little bit of a difference there. What kind of music music did you like growing up, though? Uh, like, you never, like, when you listen to music, you never, like, you pay attention to the bars, right? Always or not really? Yeah, so I, I always was that person where I was, I would always emphasize to people that I liked lyrics in a song, mm-hmm. so... Because a lot of people, they like more beats from a song right. as mm-hmm. opposed to the lyrics. Yeah. And I, I can appreciate those songs, too. But for the most part, I am listening to what the song is saying. Um, but my music taste has varied throughout my whole life. So my parents would play Spanish music. So I, I do still listen to a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like cumbias, merengues, right. salsas. Like, like yo, no sé. <laughs> 
yeah, <laughs> all of that. Um, you have to stay true to the culture. And, Man, <laughs> and, you do. Yeah, so I, I fuck with anything, like, from any Hispanic country, because my, my parents are Salvadorian mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Like, that's the culture that I mostly identify with. So I listened to a lot of the shit that my mom was playing just growing right. up. And then... Aside from that, obviously rap, hip hop, like that's just always been around, especially because my older sister, she would play everything that was out at the time. Mm-hmm. So I would listen to a lot of that with her. And then afterwards, I got into even music from the 60s and the 70s. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to The Beatles, The Doors. Um, I was very heavy on like The Grateful Dead. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with these um, bands. <laughs> some of them are first last one right there. Yeah. Um, just just really old bands. And sometimes even today in certain songs, you'll hear some of their samples. Right. So they're very classic artists. It's pretty much Jimi Hendrix area, Janis Joplin. So mm. I'm still, I feel like all of those variations of music that I've had have allowed me to kind of develop a different style in poetry because I feel for the most right. part, I don't really sound too much like anybody else right now. It's kind of like a mixture of all of those in one. When I first heard you, um, the first time I saw you do poetry was obviously that day, that um, that event you, you had invited us to. And when you were spit, I was like, I got the sense that you were kind of an MC, to be honest. Like, it was just like, she can get on beats. Like, I feel like it was, <laughs> it, it was it's easy, that transition, like, I don't know if it's just me just because of the way I think, but I feel like if you do poetry, I don't, I don't know if music should just come easy. You get me? Or it doesn't? Um, I don't know. I, I can see why, why you would say that. Because I do, I do try to rhyme a lot. Because like, I do, I do rhyme a yeah. lot. Um, that was tight. Hell yeah, that shit was hard. <laughs> I, I like to do that just because it helps keep me on track and makes me feel like, okay, it's flowing. And, and mm-hmm. I'm all about smooth transi- transitions within my songs. My songs, my poems. <laughs> um, yeah, because <laughs> I don't Yet. want people to get lost when they're hearing it. And I do have a lot of poems that are just for me. But the thing with performing a spoken word piece is you want your audience to understand it. Because if you're performing it for them and then they're not getting it, you're not going to get the reaction that you want. Unless, of course, you're just doing it just to vent. You're right. just doing it for yourself. But since I'm trying to perform and really pursue something with this, like I need a, a crowd, you know, a good following behind me. And so I need them to fuck with me. Right. <laughs> but I'm still going to stay... Yeah. Quote, unquote. <laughs> I'm still going to stay true to me, you know. I would never do something that's not me just to get that sort of recognition. So who is you, though? Who is Astrid? Well, I just feel like I'm going to be representing myself. I don't feel, not to sound too cocky, but, like, feel like anybody is like me. I just feel like I'm, but I feel like I embody a lot of qualities of different types of girls out there that I hope that I can relate with. So I'm going to be honest with myself as far as, like, I feel like you're a positive. You, you could be a positive influence to women. Yeah, I want to be ultimately, but again, still true to myself. So, you know, I see. Um, I I see you about the empowerment for the women, and I, <laughs> that's that respect. That that's love. Like that's tight. Cause a lot, of, a lot of girls don't like to. I only kick it with guys. I don't like <laughs> to be around guys. Like that's cool that you're trying. You you want to embrace. Especially, uh, I guess, women of color of anything, because yeah. especially you know our communities, you know, this is not the they don't get the same opportunities. So I, I see you trying to, you know, push all that, bring awareness to it, and that's tight. Yeah, I, I commend you. <laughs> Ultimately, I just want to be relatable in the sense that I'm kind of like how I was explaining earlier. I want girls to be able to look at me and be like, "Wow, you know, I want to aspire to be like her," and just mm-hmm. someone that's, you know, pursuing their dreams and just happy with where they are in life and giving back in the most positive way that I can. Right. And so. I see a lot of celebrity 
right now, especially females. And, you know, they, they are positive role models, but just the way that they're so glamorized, I just feel like that's what makes them almost seem unre- like untouchable. Mm-hmm. Like, I could never be that girl. And right. so I want to be able to, you know, be known and recognized, but still <laughs> down to earth, not represent someone that's too Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I just want to be a regular girl that just so happened to make it. You know, I don't want to be anything else. Because... You from the dirt? <laughs> you from I would I would say so. I mean, initially, I grew up in L.A. F- mm-hmm. up until I was about 11, and that's when I moved to Victorville. And then I moved back to L.A. when I was um, 18, right after high school. And so when I moved back to L.A. was when I realized, yeah, I'm not from L.A. Like, I'm from Victorville because mm-hmm. right I met people that were from L.A. And it was just, there was just a difference. And ultimately, I, I think mean, I'm from Victorville because I was in high school exactly, there. Exactly. That's what I say, too. Yeah. That's, why I, that's why I feel like I... As much as I hate on Victorville and the dirt, like, I, I, I love the dirt. I don't gonna lie. Yeah. I, I, I did my most important years up there. Like, it's when you kind of develop, you're kind of, you start developing your brain and the person you're going to eventually become, in a way. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree because I had some of, like, the best and worst times in Victorville. But that's home. Like, at the end of the day, that's always going to be home. My parents still live out there, so I always go up there mm-hmm. to visit them, like, it, there's always a reason to go back, and that's something that I've noticed too about a lot of people that move from mm-hmm. there. They always end up coming, coming back. back. Like there's a reason for them to be in town, I or they the just move back. back. <laughs> I live back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, I, I never had to go through the process of moving back to Victorville since I've been in LA. But I definitely miss it sometimes. It's just the only thing is right now with what I'm trying to pursue, I need to be in LA. Um, that's so you, where you, all the networking. You're on some, is at. you're on some harder shit now. A little bit. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to network as much as I can, but you know, it That's, gets hard. I need that trait. I need that trait. I mean, <laughs> I, I know, like, I know how. I, I know what I have to do. It's just I don't like talking to people. Yeah, honestly, I was very antisocial, and I feel like because of this poetry, obviously, I have to work on my speech. So that's what's helped me just be able to be more charismatic when I talk to people, when I present myself. I mean, I don't have to know someone for too long to just be cool with them. Right. I can usually just feel vibes and I'm like alright you're dope and then now we're just gonna be cool I mean right. like you like we haven't really known each other yeah. that long but you know I just like I'm not about you I guess in a way because not <laughs> yeah. about you like that I'm saying like I've seen you like cause you'd be at Tony's Kickback sometimes you know I would, yeah. I would see you there I would see I would, I, you went to the 420 Absol show with Keith oh yeah you see and I was I was there too I went with y'all so it's like I, I've always seen you just never was like yeah you know I mean? yeah I've been around just kinda like I'm usually more off doing my own shit um, a lot of the time. Been on my own shit. (laughs) Fuck everybody. (laughs) No, yeah, I I come around sometimes, but for the most part, I am trying to just be focused um, as far as everything that's with poetry. So I haven't really been just hanging out just to kick it. But now that we're talking about networking, (laughs) I have to say, you you feel a certain type of way and I feel a certain type of way, but my whole I believe that women that are good-looking have more opportun- networking opportunities come up, they present themselves more easier than girls that aren't. And that's regardless if they're trying to pursue... I mean, if that's regardless if they're trying to, sh- like, do that, like, sexually. Because sometimes... I, I feel like if you... When... Um, I feel like you, you, you would get opportunities, even though you're not trying to, prom- you're trying to go that way, <laughs> just be, based off the way you look, to be honest. Yeah. Um, no, I've definitely been in, in situations like that, not really within... 
this industry, I guess you could say, but um, just more so like at my regular job where people were trying to, you know, invite me out to lunch or to do like just weird things like that, but obviously with other intentions, intentions. in mind. And it was just kind of like, dude, we're at work. And I, and I never like to mix either or because I feel like as a girl, you're not going to be taken seriously. You're just going to be looked at as some girl that That's they were true. able to have sex with. So I, I feel like, okay, yes, you can definitely get noticed more if you are good looking but it doesn't necessarily mean that's going to get you anywhere because it's kind of like rappers rappers no hoes that's not mean that doesn't mean it's a networking opportunity for them they're just some hoes that they have sex with so yeah you could be good looking but that doesn't mean it's going to guarantee you anything past your looks but you have but you have an you have an agenda you have a you want to do something so yeah you i feel like you some girls they just utilize it just to get where they want to go where they want to go you get me and i know it's not what you're trying to push but i feel like those opportunities will present themselves more just simply based off how you look yes and no because i mean there's certain guys that will just have sex with anything that's available um when a girl throws true this, <laughs> that's nasty when, when a true. girl when a girl <laughs> throws themselves especially in those industries that's very common so i mean people just sleep around just to sleep around but again that doesn't mean it's going to get you anywhere i know there are some girls that do that and i can't even knock them because in a way it's kind of like well you know more power to you get what you want i guess but you know there's different avenues of going about it the only reason why i have an issue with those kinds of girls is because their actions pretty much rep in a way represent other women too um because they're just reinforcing the negative stereotypes right. that already exist that I feel women like that, are I, objectified and sexualized i feel like that's why they get the platform that they get like that's why, that's why i feel like amber rose gets the platform that she gets to push the slut walk so big because they want Women to be like that, low key. Like she got bitches called. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry to say bitches, but she got she got women calling themselves sluts. Yeah, like that's not tight. It's not, and 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 I agree. I actually. I understand her approach. It's kind of like, you know, just taking empowerment of the word. So, you know, right, if right. you use it, then they can't use it against you sort of yeah. thing. Mm -hmm. But it's just the approach is wrong. And there was exactly. a feminist that wrote exactly. an, an article about that the other day. For example, the the naked picture that she posted. Well, she wasn't technically naked because she had a bush, whatever. That's what she wants to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, the, the, fem the woman that was speaking um, said that you know, that picture was not feminist. It mm -hmm. was just brave of her because by posting something like that, you know you're going to get a lot of shit. And it takes a strong woman to be able to handle that sort of criticism. So it's kind of like, okay, we commend you for your bravery for being able to handle that. But at the same time, you're only contributing to the same issue you keep trying to defend, which is that people call you this word and you don't like it. But then here you are doing shit that further reinforces that perception of yourself. So it's kind of like it is the approach. You know, it, it it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's counterproductive. But I feel like if, if you were pushing that same message that she's trying to push, right? Because you fuck with the message, right? That she's pushing at the end of the day. I support her because she's a woman. <laughs> but <laughs> that's why, and I just feel like. But the you message, have to support women. Be, be, like behind all that sexual and all that sex sell shit, like the I feel like the message is a good thing. You know, she's trying to. It's just woman empowerment at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay, so I fuck with that, but I feel like if you have that same agenda, or I mean not the same agenda, but you have that same trying to push the same woman empowerment shit, you and but the way you're pushing it, you're not gonna get the same opportunities that she's getting because obviously the sex sells. You get me? Yeah. Same um, thing with the yes jewels. Yeah, but. The the que the question at hand was that being more attractive is the reason why you would be able to get those opportunities, and I and I don't agree. I, I do, <laughs> I do, because because 
you're going to have more dudes just approach you because based off how you look. Yeah, that's true. But again, just because they approach you for how you look doesn't mean that they're there to get you anywhere that you want to be. There's a lot of guys that will promise you that. Okay. But, but you will might, it happen? You might run across some guys that honestly want to help you, though. You know, they'll help you. They don't want nothing to do like that. They want. They don't want to bring those two across. They literally just want to help you. They believe in the vision. And they're still going to give you that same opportunity because you, you're good looking. You, you get me? Like, they're, they're, you can have an ugly chick. I'm sorry, but you can have an uglier chick here and they're going to go with you because she can be just as dope. And they might go with you because you have more of a, a look. look. You get me? Yeah. yeah you feel me? That's just, that's just my whole thing. I feel like women just, if you look pretty, you're going to get better opportunities. I seen you at work. You're pretty. They take you out the, the <laughs> dirty spots and they put you in the, you know, they want to just showcase you in front of the in front of people. Yeah. You get me? Like. I, I, it's, 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 it is what it is. <laughs> but I fuck with the whole that like, you ain't trying to push that. Like, nah, me, we ain't doing that route. We going, we going this route. Yeah, well, that's the thing too that I was trying to mention earlier. I'm still gonna be honest with myself. So, sex will come up in my poems. I, I have a whole poem literally about like my first experiences having sex. So I try to still talk about issues like that, but in a different way. You know, I don't have to take my clothes off right. to be sexual. As a woman, like you walk into a room and sex is already all over you because a guy will look. At you and he'll want to have sex with you <laughs> like that's just what it is that's so reality it's yeah. like you you don't need to do all the extra and i and again i don't want to knock girls that do feel more comfortable you know posing nude or doing whatever it is that makes them f- feel comfortable mm-hmm. um but i just don't want to go about that route because at the end of the day you know all different types of people are going to be looking at me and they right. might be young or old and i don't want little girls looking at me half naked and, you know, doing some poetry. Because then you kind of lose sight of the message. Are and you, I, I just want people to listen to me, not be focused on all the extras. Because that's what happens with these celebrities. It's like, we don't even talk about their work really anymore. Just all the bullshit that they're wearing or what they're doing. And, you know, just their scandals. Like, everything that's wrong with women. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just, it's extra. So I just want people to hear me. I don't want them to be too distracted by everything else yeah. that's physical. So you are, you are you trying to be a quote-unquote... It's a heavy word, a role model. You trying to be a role model? Yeah, well, I mean, not necessarily that I'm trying, but when you're in the public eye, people will be looking to you. I mean, I would like to just be able to do me and not give a fuck completely, mm-hmm. which, again, I'm going to be as honest as I can with myself, but I will also keep in mind that in the public eye, you do have the power to influence others, mm-hmm. and I want that to be in a positive way. Right. That's true. Yeah, but I feel like that's just a heavy-ass term, because I know that eventually... Uh, if we keep going about the stuff we go about, like eventually, if you, if you pursue your poetry shit, if I pursue my podcast shit, which I'm gonna do, mm-hmm. fuck all y'all. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a pressure on us to push the right thing, right? Like, and, but I'm not trying to be a role model either because I'm not perfect. So sometimes I might fuck up, I might do some shit, and I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, you shouldn't, like, you, you know how kids are gonna look at you. You can't like. Sometimes I like that trash music. Sometimes you know, and sometimes <laughs> I'm gonna be promoting that, and I don't want that to be like, oh, you, this is what you're trying to feed the kids, and it's like, no, I just this, this is what I like. This is me, yeah. And I don't want to be that role model. Like, don't look up to me. Well. You know, you're you're always going to have a different target audience. So if your target audience isn't people that, you know, are going to be offended by things like that or just, you know, turned off like, yeah, I don't want to fuck with it because you're promoting this artist. But a like. target audience? Why do you say it like that? Um, because... Because I want everybody. Because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that everybody, everyone's not going to fuck with me, but I want to just cater hopefully to everybody, no, a little of course, bit of everybody. Of course. And, and that's how I feel too. That's why I don't want to do anything that would ultimately offend people or... Um, but I'm going to be honest... 
as much as I can. That's why I did a poem on sex. And that's going to make some mm-hmm. people mad. Because right. I'm a girl and I'm out here talking about sex. sex but yeah. it's something that's real. Like, I'm a woman. I'm a human being. Yeah. Like, how do you expect me not to talk about something that's natural in me? Yeah. Um, and, and for whatever reasons, people are just so afraid of that. So I will be touching on real shit. It's just I'm going to do it in a different way. Again, I don't have to be sexual and mm-hmm. be naked on right. these on these performances or do anything like that. Like, my words will be enough. Because people listen to that poem and they go crazy every time. Because you're right, sex sells. And that's one of the poems that people love to hear because it's just out there. It's like, oh, shit, there's this little girl up there just talking about having sex with this guy. And and it it gets explicit. So it's not, like, just a regular type of spoken word piece that you would hear. Um, But it's not, like, vulgar or anything. Mm, No, it's not. And I've had people come up to me and tell me, like, oh, that was such a beautiful poem. And, again, I'm talking about sex. So you would think that Mm -hmm. some people would kind of be like, wow, like... But, but again, it goes back to the approach. Your approach was... Yeah, and then... They felt it. Yeah, the audience that you capture. So that's what I mean by target audience. Like, you know, maybe... It just so happens that these specific venues are the type of people that I attract to fuck with my poems. But what if I performed at a place where people aren't familiar with me or that sort of vibe, and they're kind of like, what is this? You know, they're not my target audience. They're not the people that I'm trying to... But wouldn't it be dope to get those new fans from different audiences? That's that's my whole thing. Yeah, no, and and, and I do want to... Because people, be people don't know, people don't know they're not they're not gonna like you. People don't yeah. know that until they until they hear. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm not gonna be um, someone that's just like restricted to one type of person that's gonna be made up of my whole audience. But what I mean by that is, at the end of the day, I know that I can't please everybody. Right. So whoever fucks with me, they fuck with me, and if and you don't, then you don't. Like it, that's just how it is. Thank you, thank you. That's how I was like. <laughs> but that's see, that's how I just be like. At the end of the day, it's gonna be what I want to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, like I said, I just want to stay true to me. So that's pretty much my ultimate goal with this poetry is just showcasing myself, my personality, mm-hmm. all the different aspects that come with just being a young adolescent trying to make it. Because right. I feel like right now, this is a, a troubling age. People like in their early, mid-20s, it's just like a confusing time. We're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. So sometimes you just need to know that there's someone out there that feels the same way. Right. So with my poems, I just try to let them know, like, you're not the only one going through this shit. And mm-hmm. I've had girls come up to me after certain performances and they're just like oh my god your poem made me want to cry and so when i hear stuff like that i'm like yes because you're the person that i'm trying to speak to you're the person how does that make you feel when they tell you that it feels good i'm not gonna lie i like it because it just lets me know that you know my my purpose with this poem has been achieved that basically as long as one person likes it it's all that matters right yeah yeah well obviously you know i want everyone Uh, to like it obviously yeah i'm still i'm still working on Finding, you know, what my style is and what's going to appeal to people the most, but while still being me. Like, I never want to do something that's not me or that's going to uh, portray me in a in a way that's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's something that's real about me and someone doesn't like it, then that's just, again, I can't please everybody, yeah. so I'm okay with that, too. How does your, your, um, your mom feel about your poetry, though? Oh, your, just your family in general. Like when they hear it, they cut you know, again. It's about sex. So how are they? How do they? How do they react to that if, um, they, if they've heard it? Honestly, I don't have them on a lot of my social media. <laughs> Keep it real. Like, it's, uh, it's yeah, real. no, they've added me and I've like blocked them because I'm like, you can't see this. Mi niña. <laughs> no, um, but I do have like my parents on Facebook, and and they actually came to a competition that I had put together for oh, my okay. school, and they saw me perform. But I made sure that I did 
my two clean poems because I mm-hmm. knew they were going to be there. Other than that, I haven't invited them. And my mom's always like, oh, you know, why don't you tell me about your events? And I'm like, okay, like, I'll tell you about the next one. But I'm just waiting for, like, a certain event so I could be like, okay, mom, yeah, you can come to this one. But oh. for the most for the most part, these venues are, like, 420-friendly. <laughs> I can't oh, be bringing true. my mom there, you know that's what true. I mean? Well, don't just keep it real with her. Nah. She should huh? Yeah, I have strict strict parents. Nah, like, they it. were very, very traditional it. Hispanic, so they would not be it. cool with that. <laughs> nah, I feel it. Yeah. Uh, but that's cool, though, that, um... At least she knows you're trying to do that, and she knows that, that you're trying to take that route now. Yeah, my mom, when I first told her that I was actually going to pursue writing, she started crying. Like, she was so happy, and <laughs> it was just so crazy. And That's then crazy. that shit made me want to cry, because I didn't think she was going to respond so so positively like that. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. thought, honestly, she was going to tell me, why are you going to do that? Like, there's no money in that, this and that and the other. But she was just, like, so happy, and she just told me at that moment, like... You know, I know you're going to make it. Like, I know that you're going to be a great writer for some major company. You're doing something for yourself. And so when I heard that, I was, like, so touched because I couldn't believe that she believed in me that much. Yeah. You know? Like, it's beautiful. Yeah. My mom, hits, my mom hits me with those with those comments or those texts, and it's just like, damn. Like, it's just, it's tight. It's tight when your parents validate or they honestly believe that you can do something. Yeah, like, I've been telling her all my ideas lately of, like, what I want to do with um, this poetry because I'm trying to get a website going so when people do come see me perform, they can start um, looking me up, and that way I'll just be more legit, more certified, basically, as a... As a performing poet. Are you trying to uh, build like an IG following? You're not, you're not really caring. Yeah, yeah, but mainly I want to work on the site because it's going to be my blog actually. So okay. I'm going to be posting my poems. I have a lot of work that I've never shared with anybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually want to put it out because I was inspired by Caliuchis. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had tweeted once that sh- all the content basically that you've heard up until now is stuff that she wrote when she was 19. And mm. so when I saw that, I was like, I need to put out all my old stuff because that's when I was really going through it when I was first starting to write. So Mm. all the raw emotions, like all of like my deepest feelings, my deepest stuff, the stuff that's most meaningful to me is within those first poems that I ever wrote. So I feel like it's just important to share and also to showcase the growth. Yeah, once I start posting, you know, my more recent stuff, then yes. everything will start to kind of yes. fall into place. People will start to see like, okay, like she's, you know, growing and she's had, she has potential. And, it's never the right time to start. You got to start yeah. somewhere. And then, but yeah, I, I, I'm all about the showing the growth because you guys, I want to document. That's like me, even how I'm starting off all trash sometimes out of the way, I, you know, I know I'm going to get better. If I, I'll get better with, within time. I know, I know. And I know I, I can put in a lot more effort, too, at the same time. I can put, you know, my, I'm not doing enough, to be honest. Yeah, that's how I feel sometimes, too. I definitely get frustrated because I want things to move faster. And I feel like okay. I could do so much more, but... Yeah. Unfortunately, there's like other things in my life that are keeping me from just pursuing this full time right now. Priorities. Yeah, you know, I just graduated, so I have student loans to pay, fucking credit card debt. <laughs> like, I have a lot of shit to take care of before I can just be like, let me quit my job. Exactly, and just exactly, this. exactly. So it's gonna be a cool minute, but that's also why I'm not gonna try to even go back for my master's, just because I know where I want to go now, and mm-hmm. and I know I need to just be out there, just meeting people. And just putting my myself out there more as far as performing so people are more aware of who I am. Just getting that exposure is what's important to me right now. Yeah. You got to get that clout. <laughs> as corny as that sounds, it's, it's, it's true because 
And that's the power of the internet. Like you, you really don't really gotta go out there like that to build it kind yeah. of in a way. I mean, you still kind of do for locally, you know, and, and you gotta win your city first before you win anything. I feel like, but with social media, man, people from across the country can see your, can see your shit with the right hashtag. Yeah, exactly, and that's also all the more encouragement right now to pursue this. It's just seeing how people just blow up. All you need is that one, yeah, that one hit or that mm-hmm. one post Look. that just. Co-sign, like, retweet, Yeah, exactly. And then once people start fucking with you based off that one post, they'll start looking into your other stuff. And then they'll actually start to be a fan that follows you for all of your work that you have and that you're going to mm-hmm. put out later on. Thanks, but you want to pursue music? Um, eventually, I do. I, I want to just do anything with writings because I feel like the, you could write some the possibilities are, are just endless. I mean... I'm talking, I want to do songwriting eventually, I maybe even get into like screenwriting, writing a book, like a novel of, or of some sort, um, just anything that has to do with writing, maybe even just writing for a magazine, you know, just being able to explore different routes, because I just feel like I want to just learn as much as I can. Um, I don't ever want to just be at a point where I'm just stagnant. I've never been the type of person to just stay in the same um, place the entire time. I always have to feel like I'm progressing or I'm doing something different because then I just get bored. And so I'm like, I want to learn something new now. I feel like I did everything that I need to do with this. Now, like, what's next? Mm-hmm. So that's why with writing, I see myself right now just pursuing poetry first because I think before you move on to a different craft, you have to master one first. And I've made so many connections and so many doors are opening up for me right now to where it just seems like this is the right route to go. Mm-hmm. Once I'm at a place where... That's God talking. Yeah, once I'm at a place where either I feel like I've done everything that I can or maybe another opportunity comes up, then I'm just going to keep pursuing this first. And this is what you really love. Yeah, no, it is. It's I, I love it so much because I feel like it really saved me from, you know, how how sad I guess I used to be, which is why I started Talk writing. about that. You used to be depressed or what? O-B-O-B! Yo, let's pause real quick from the show, guys, and give a shout-out to our sponsor, Miguel Monzo of Monzo Press Studio. Again, if you guys are in the Inland Empire Riverside area and you guys are looking to get some shirts done, some hoodies done, some beanies done, some just any apparel of some sort, some embroidery, this is you guys got to hit up. This is your guy right here, Miguel Monzo. Check out his Instagram right now at Monzo Press Studio, M-A-N-Z-O Press Studio, to get a glimpse of all the work, all the procedures, everybody he works with, and basically the resume, if you guys don't believe me. And check out the website, monzopressstudio.com. Place your order through there. Mention Overly Blunt at the checkout. And you get 15% off your order. And the shop is coming real soon, guys, where you guys can just pull up and directly submit your orders to him. Monzo Press Studio, Miguel Monzo. Thank you for sponsoring the show, my dude. Now back to the show. Because I have, a, I don't, I don't believe in like you know I have my own perspective on depression and I, I honestly like to hear the other side of it because I don't really technically agree like I, I ain't be depressed type of shit. Okay. Um, so I, I, I like to hear other people like people that actually have gone through some shit than shit. It it definitely comes in waves and it's weird because sometimes I just feel like I can't control it like out of nowhere I'll just kind of wake up one day and I just have these like weird feelings and these really sad thoughts about like certain things in my life that maybe could be better or whatever the case may be but now it's just more so 
I remember how much pain I had when I was depressed. Like, sometimes I can still feel that. It's almost like, yeah, they're repressed and I don't let them affect me as much anymore. But in a way, they're still there a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they never fully go away. But I, I was actually in therapy and they told me that I had mild depression. So it wasn't severe, which is why I don't have it as bad as others do to where like they literally can't get out of bed sometimes but it would just definitely affect my mood to where I kind of felt like I just didn't know how to be happy anymore I just didn't know how to just have a good time I always wanted to be out and that's when I was mentioning earlier I was just kind of bullshitting but there was something that was like was there something that was lingering on you or something that was just affecting that well again in 2014 I experienced one of the worst years of my life as far as everything was just going wrong for me so because of that I just started becoming really depressed because I just felt like I had nobody to turn to it was just me like I was all on my own and I've always kind of had to be independent even since I was a kid because my parents always worked so they weren't there to like take care of me all the time I just had to do my own thing so that wasn't completely new to me but this time it was in an emotional way and that that was just different and because it was all at once Mm -hmm. it just really took a toll on me and I didn't know how to just enjoy my day like with all that going on I couldn't see the positives in life at the moment so my my thought process was very negative and then I just felt like I couldn't trust anybody like there was nobody at that time that really had my back and because of that I was always just out like partying smoking so much Um, drinking, I was gaining weight, (laughs) all the munchies, and just being out all the time, it was bad. It was really, really bad. And writing was my outlet. Writing was what made me feel better because I didn't know how to talk about it. And so even to this day, I still say, like, poetry is the best way I know how to communicate my feelings. Because I can talk to you Mm -hmm. regularly, but if we start talking about my feelings, like, I start... You you shy away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm very... um, I'm very... I'm so open, like, (laughs) I love love venting on my shit. (laughs) The only time I'm comfortable doing it is through my poems, even Mm -hmm. performing out loud. um, Because it's, it's me being in control. I get to just say my piece. No one's going to interrupt me. No one's going to say shit. They're either going to snap, clap, or just clap at the end. And maybe, you know, someone might not fuck with it, but that's just something I just have to kind of accept. And so with the writing, I just feel like if it wasn't for that, I don't know how I would have just survived those times because I really did that's feel crazy. like some days where I was like, I just want to die. Like, you think I don't want to feel this anymore. Did the writing work better as therapy than actual therapy no but it was it was definitely the first step because that's when I kind of decided at that point when I did really start getting into writing that I needed to turn my life around so it was kind of like one of the ways that I felt like I could keep myself entertained at home because I didn't know how to just be at home and just like enjoy my own company I always had to be out oh you so, got your head out <laughs> I'll see you no don't say it like that <laughs> But I mean, I was in college, like I was, you know, you know, at that time you're just with your friends, you just turned 21, you're trying to go out to bars and just turn up and have fun. And so that's what I was doing. I was going to shows. I wasn't really like a club rat, but I would yeah. definitely like no, just be you. out doing be out, shit, yeah. spending money. Spending money. And <laughs> I'm stingy. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Sorry. so because of that. I feel it. I get it. I decided that. You're being 20. Yeah. You were in your 20s. Yeah. I just decided that, you know, this was going to help me just kind of recollect my thoughts and really just observe all the things that had happened to me at that point Mm -hmm. and just 
kind of get my shit together. So I would just stay home. And I think I even at this point decided to hop off social media. I was off social media for like a little bit over a year. All oh, I had yeah. was a, a Twitter. And the only reason why I kept that was because I was like, I want to follow um, artists when they post their new stuff. So yeah. that's the only reason why I kept it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, everything else was deleted. And I was surprised at how long I had gone with uh, without it because I was one of those people that was always on that shit all the time. Was it hard letting you go or not? Because um, I be trying to do it, I'm not going to lie. I be trying to just be like, you know what? But I feel like now it's the worst time to do it because I, I have to promote. Exactly. That's how I feel now. So I, now I do have social media, but at that time it was just necessary for me because I needed to disconnect from a lot of people in my life. So Get that, yourself right, huh? Yeah. So it was that was one reason why. And then the other reason was I just felt like it was a distraction. Like I felt like I was just too caught up in my phone. And again, I don't know why I just went into this mode where I wanted to be the best me I could be. And I felt like that shit just was not going to help it's me It's poison though. Yeah. It really is poison. Yeah, so that's why I, I got off social media. And it was honestly very, very relieving. You, I don't know how to explain it, but it did feel like a, a big weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I was just able to enjoy more all the experiences that I had. I felt like I was more in tune because I didn't have my phone on me all the time. I didn't feel the need to check it every single second like my friends did. And then that gives you an opportunity to see how much other people are on their phones because you're like, fuck, like... People really can't stop looking at their phones <laughs> like you right now. <laughs> I'm talking about Mixer, okay? I'm sorry. I'm talking about Mixer. No, I'm just playing. But yeah, people just are really so hooked to their phones. And now that I'm back on social media and all that, I feel myself like that again. But like you said, I recognize that I can't hop off social media now because I need it for the exposure. I need people to be able to find me, know where to reach me. So when I have events, they know where to go. Um, so now I feel like I can't, which sucks. But... You know, it's it's for a different reason. I'm not there just bullshitting. It's more for mm-hmm. business purposes. So yeah. I guess it's still beneficial, which is why I'm okay with having it now. You know, it's crazy. As much as as much as all that social media shit is poison, I can't front. That should really be inspiration to me. Like, yeah. when I, the shit I see on there. It depends who you follow. Uh, yeah. You know, there's yeah. like trash accounts. Yeah. Just post, yeah. I don't just like, follow all that shit. But I follow I follow a lot of like people, just artists and shit like that. And, and, I get inspired when I see, like, people win. You know, it's just like, yeah. yo, I can... You know, like, just like, um, I don't know if you heard of No Jumper. You heard of No Jumper, the podcast? No. No, it was, uh, it's like, it's L.A. And that's, he's, like, he's running the L.A. game right now. But him, he just, like, started off, like, a couple, like, five, three, like, three, four years ago. Okay. And he, like, <clears throat> he's, he's got he's all the early artists, like, Yachty and all them. He, get them, he gets them all early. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, he just announced that he got signed to Charlemagne's network of podcasts, the Loudspeaker Network. So I'm like, yo, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's tight, like... That shit, like, anyone could do that shit. Yeah. And it's just about being consistent. Exactly. That's the thing. It's just about being consistent and growing. Yeah, exactly. Like, realizing your flaws, realizing where you can get better. Re- like, you know, because I'm, I'm, like I said, I was, I'm always open to criticism. I know a lot of, I can change a lot of shit. And by the end of the day, I'm not going to change change shit if it's going to change me. Because, I'm like okay. I said, I'm going to stay true to myself. Yeah, yeah. And I feel you on that. Because um, I never want to compromise my personality. As long as I'm accurate accurately representing myself then mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with people liking it or not because it's me right so I can't pretend to be something else that's how I feel 100% and that's how it is um, but like you know we're young creators right now and it's kind of sucks that we can't really dedicate full time to this shit I know but like you said you know seeing people on Twitter um, or Instagram whatever any social media just winning it's so inspiring because 
you realize that these are regular people. Some right. of these people, you start following them before they even get big. Right. And then when you see them blow up, right. it's crazy. That's what I love more. Yeah. I saw Kendrick at the music box, at the observer, he, at the glass house in Pomona with when before Q wore bucket hat, when you just had the thing, before Nei Aiko was who she was. And that's fucking crazy to me. Yeah. That two, three, four years later, he Good Kid Mad City's best, like, you know, he, he's out of here. Yeah. That's just tight. And he's from Compton? Yeah. And it's like, I'll be over there when I'm with Tony's like, yo, we, like, here, like, <laughs> every, like, that's crazy. It's just crazy to me, like, yeah, inspiration. And, yeah, it, again, it makes you feel like you can do it, too, because before, I feel like without social media, this is probably one of the few good benefits that we get off of it. It's just that realizing that opportunities are there, they're accessible now that we're all connected. Um, so with social media, you're able to just, I don't know, maybe you mention your favorite artist and then they just respond to you right. now, you DM or you end up following each other and like collaborating on something later on. It goes back to what you said that it just, you can blow up so quick. Yeah, exactly. Or it just takes the right person okay. to take notice. Back to one, I'm going to talk about Wonder Girl. Cause <laughs> look how she blew up. No yeah. one knew where Wonder Girl was until... And she's on Jay Z album, the oh, first know. placement. She was sixteen. Sixteen on Jay Z album. Yeah, that shit is crazy. It's mind blowing. I actually read an article on the Fader the other day where it was talking about how, um, why aren't there more women producers? Yeah, honestly, why? Uh, in the why do you feel? industry. Well, I mean, obviously it's male dominated. Well, yeah, but okay, but you see more female artists trying to pursue it, right? Than you do female producers trying to pr- well, pursue it. See, and that's the crazy thing. In in the article, they actually touch on that women producers have been around. They just don't ever really get the recognition. Um, in the same way that a man does. So that's why, for example, a lot of people don't even know that Missy Elliott was a producer. Yeah, they they just think she's she was a rapper. And she's, she's amazing. Are you serious? Like, she's so slept on as far as all the contributions that she's made to music. Um, it's just ridiculous that you still today, present day, have women that aren't being you know, saluted the way that they should be for everything that they do in any industry mm-hmm. or field that they work in. Um, and so they start touching on names that I had never even heard of as far as female producers, but it's just letting you know that they're out there. And the first way to make change is just by being more visible. So just putting yourself out there more. But it's just hard when this shit is run by men and, you know, you're not part of the boys club. So you can't get up there with them to get that same level of respect because it's kind of like um, you have a, a female rapper and you have a, a male rapper. Who do you think is going to be better? Just off top. Oh, off top, man. <laughs> exactly, but without even hearing how she raps or knowing her, any sort of background on her, just based off the fact that she's a female. Mm-hmm. And it could be right or it could be wrong. Sometimes stereotypes, you do kind of see a common pattern, so it's yeah. easy to believe yeah. that it's true, but you know, there's still exceptions, whatever the case may right. be. And at the end of the day, everybody's hungry. So whether you're a girl or a guy, you should be given the same opportunity and just kind of figure out through that who's better. Because sometimes there are women that are better artists, whether it's painting or producers or singing or... Women are better at everything than men. If... I'm sorry. That's... That was... <laughs> before, y'all, before y'all started saying shit. But no, like, for like, it, for like intellectual shit and like smart shit and all that, I feel like women are just... They get shit. They grasp everything more easier. I think uh, men and women just process things differently. But for the most part, you know, don't sleep on women. Like we have more we women college graduates right now. Y'all, y'all, God is a women woman. Women outnumber men. God is a woman. But somehow, you know, we're still constantly overlooked, and it, it doesn't make sense to me. 
Um, there's a lot of reasons why people just attack women for being too sexual or too masculine. According to them, you know, you're as a woman, there's this image just of traditional a shit. box that you're supposed to fit in, and it's just unrealistic. Fuck that box. <laughs> Break that box. Yeah. So that's the problem um, when you do try to make it in any field is that you're placed in this box, and people you know, take a while before they start to take you seriously. Like, oh shit, this girl actually has talent. This girl mm-hmm. can actually bring something to the table. She has potential, you know, to do that. It's difficult because a lot of times you'll just have people trying to use you. They'll try to, you know, maybe you are talented, but they're going to try to take advantage because you're a girl in the field and, you know, they're going to pretend to take you under their wing, but they're really just trying to use you for your work. Um, or maybe they just want to fuck you. <laughs> like maybe, you know, that's all that it is for them. So they're going to promise you this and that and the other. And I'm, I know, obviously, it's not something that applies to everybody, but it's something that you will encounter as a woman. And that's mm-hmm. something that guys don't have to really worry about. Right. Um, you know, it's hard to make it, but, you know, are you constantly thinking, is this dude going to try to fuck you if he helps you out? You know, sometimes guys do f- feel entitled to that because they helped you in some sort of way. And it's not for everybody. I've experienced it not too many times, but it's something that's definitely uncomfortable and that I know other girls can relate to. When they want to make it, yeah, somewhere. you see this all the time, man. Yeah, and like dudes, I, 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 even even guys say like, bro, we know you ain't whatever you ain't, like. You, we know you ain't getting like, if you ain't spending nothing, then you ain't getting shit. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, like, like dudes, it's all for their own intentions. Yeah, and they, sometimes you, I mean, you do get lucky. That's why you do see women out there that have made it. Um, but for the most part, even then, it's always about the guys. How do you feel about Nikki Minaj? <laughs> Um, I fucked with Nikki on some some verses that she did um, where I felt like, okay, she came in and she rapped like a real bitch. <laughs> but there's other times where, she, you know, she just sells which for one, the money. Which, which one? Probably Monster. Monster verse. No, nah, um, have you heard Dope Dealer by Meek Mill? Mm, I think not. She's on there or what? Yeah, she has a dope-ass verse on there um, that I still listen to to this day. It's a, it's a very old song. I think it was oh. Dream Chaser's they had a song already? Damn. Yeah. Damn. It, it's been a minute, but... Yeah, she's had a couple verses. Like, I, I forgot what the name of the song I love Did It On Him. I liked her on Did It On Him. I don't know. I honestly haven't listened to her that much, all because of the way she portrays herself. I was a Nicki fan until... <laughs> it's, yeah, it was until I started realizing that she really stole, like, the way she wasn't fucking with nobody. Like, I wasn't really, like... I wasn't, like, into it like that. I was like, oh, I like Nikki, But then I started realizing that like, she don't really try to help nobody out. She just tries to run this bitch. Her music is kind of whack. And her bars are written by Safari sometimes. And it's like... <laughs> no, honestly, I think she's very talented. And I think she does have the ability to, to put out good bars. But the problem is that, you know, at the end of the day, she's mainstream. So she's going to... she fake? I mean, physically, yeah, but... No, like, fake. Like, she fake. <laughs> but how do you know? You could tell. Because I say, I, I, I peep interviews. I peep everyone around, like, New York type shit, you know? I, okay. Based off what Lil' Kim has said, based off what Remy has said, based off what everyone, like, everyone in the past has said, like, like Fendi, people that she's worked with, like, it makes sense. Like, I know how she got to Young Money and everything she did and to up to that point. It's just like, damn, that's crazy how she really just, she groupied already to the top. Okay. You get me? Like, it's just, yeah. that's that's her. And then you, and even, like, the whole Remy shit that recently, like, they just performed at the same venue, but then she tried to, to act all tough when she's doing her verse, but she, like, ven- Remy was there. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> she she didn't step into the venue until Remy left. I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't really know too much yeah, I get about deep, her personally. I get, I, get <laughs> no. I, I get into all that but shit. But when I see her, you know, from what I do know about her, I just feel like she could do a much better job representing 
powerful mm-hmm. women. Because at the end of the day, that's why I fuck with her. I I don't ever want to knock successful women because I just feel like it's just so important to support because there are so very few of them out there. What about Queen Beto? Nah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Beyonce? Oh, I was like, who's that rapper? <laughs> Queen B? I'm like, what about no, Queen yeah, B? Beyonce. I'm sorry. Yeah, Beyonce is definitely dope. But honestly, I fuck with Rihanna more. Like, Rihanna, she just, Rihanna's like the ex version of her, huh? Let's yeah, see. exactly. I feel like um, because Beyonce's in a different place in her life with the last couple albums that she put out, um, she's talking about, you know, being married and dealing with like infidelity. And, you know, she's just on a different tip. Where, yeah, it's true. It's just like to sell the record. I don't know. I've honestly heard like rumors about stuff like that between Jay-Z and Beyonce. Obviously, I don't know if they're confirmed, but it does seem something that's, like, very, very likely to happen. She looked boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's Beyonce. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't even, like, she looked boring. No, no. Rihanna, Rihanna looked fun. She looked boring. I think Beyonce just represents, like, the mature, grown like, Version of Rihanna. Woman. Yeah, and then Rihanna, I mean, she's definitely... Rihanna, think about it, Rihanna's, like, crazy and little Beyonce right now, huh? Yeah, kind of, but just a little <laughs> bit more rebellious, you know? Like, she has her nipples out and shit. <laughs> I love how she smoked trees, too. Yeah, I so... Fuck. And that's why I, I guess I like her more because, you know, I smoke. So I just relate to her more as far as the level that she's at. And she's single. She's, like, a strong independent she's woman. She's more, more into the culture, I feel like, too. Yeah. Uh, she's, like, more on our level, I guess, yeah. as far as people yeah. that are, like, in their mid-20s, late-20s. Yeah. Who do you, who do you, like, who's your inspiration? Like, art, artist-wise or female MC-wise or or um, just uh, females, period? Like, who are some of your people that you, like, that you look up to? Well, Rihanna is definitely up there. I like Zendaya a lot, a lot. I love Zendaya. her so much. And then uh, London Zylo. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Mm-hmm. Um... Honestly, she's kind of like a way better version of Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and I don't like Kim Kardashian. But what I mean by that is kind of like when you ask about Kim Kardashian, you're like, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> and that's kind of like Lyndon Zylo because she does everything. Like you'll see her um, hosting like TV interviews and stuff like that. She puts out YouTube videos for like skincare products, doing hairstyles. Um, she also has done modeling for like Adidas and Nike. So you'll see her like on billboards. She just does a little bit of everything, but she's pretty much building herself up as a brand. Um, so which is what Kim Kardashian has behind mm-hmm. her. Ultimately, the Kardashians are just a brand. They're brand, yeah. They, but they don't do anything. They don't act. They don't sing. They don't play an instrument. They don't do shit. But it's that name, Kardashian, that always makes them sell whatever it but is. But they built that value up. You can't... You, I, you yeah, know, I mean, I can't hate on it. Because at the end of the day, it's like a smart business perspective. But again, and, and it goes back like, to selling out. Yeah. And but, then it brought a check to me. But see, the way that they got there is because Kim Kardashian did her sex tape. And so she got recognition but, and her whole family got on. But with this girl, Lyndon Zylo, I feel like she was able to get to that level. I mean, she's still not obviously on the same level as Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she's building herself up without the sex tape and the extra shenanigans. Like, she's a family too or just her? It's just oh, her, it's a fan, whole yeah, family. she's single, so she's like, again, I guess someone more I can relate to as far as where we're at. No, but she's like, a, it's like a whole family, like like, like the Kardashians, or it's just. Oh, Linda Zyla, no, she's oh, one person. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What about the, but, but like MC wise, who do you look up to? Like bars. Um. Are oh, you really listening to? Are you just more into the males? <laughs> um. Well, to be honest, just because. Do you get inspiration from males? I'm sorry. Do you get inspiration from the male artists? From the males? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Kendrick is my favorite rapper. And I'm not saying that just to be cliche, because I know right now he's kind of everybody's yeah, favorite yeah, rapper. Yeah. But I fuck with him because he's very poetic. 
Um, so that's why I explain I really, that you. Well, like how I was saying earlier, I always pay attention more to lyrics. And so when you sit down and I've even looked up a lot of his lyrics because there's some shit right. that's just They're too crazy. fast. Like I need to sit down and process this, like analyze what the fuck it means. So you love to pimp a butterfly. Yes, I did. I loved it too. I loved it so much. And I, I know a lot of people didn't fuck with it, but I felt like the people that did were more so other fellow creatives, like right. people that are just on that's that sort of tip. That's just so beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And again, it was very poetic to me, just everything oh, that right. he did. It was, it was a poem. The whole album was a poem. Yeah, like it was just dope. So that's why I love him a lot because he's just always been able to showcase like his true side as an artist not just a rapper someone who's just trying to you know get on and make money and be about that trap life he's there being conscious and still able to appeal to the masses and that's what a lot of people forget with other rappers because you know what do you say when you have a rapper who doesn't have that much hype oh it's just not real but you know obviously in some cases maybe that is true but when i see people like kendrick it lets me know that it's not impossible but that's why I love him too, because I just feel like he's the greatest for that. That's yeah. not something a lot of people can achieve. Me so too. I love the way he just portrays himself as an artist that's on that caliber. Like he's not Hollywood he's at not. all. So you, so you like you appreciate the J Cole as well. Yeah, not? definitely. But Kendrick's just up Kend- there for me. Yeah. yeah, I've been fucking with him since high school. <laughs> so I feel like I also grew with him. So as I'm listening yeah. to these albums, it's like I'm kind of experiencing some of the same stuff. Not everything, of course, because he was really about that life. And yeah. I never went through stuff like that. But but that's the, that's the crazy part that he just he just puts you in that place. And just, I don't know, I guess... It, like you said, like you, you when you grow with the artist, it's, it's different. You know, you feel it a certain type of way. Yeah, and at the end of the day, Kendrick, I feel, always gives himself. It's not something that's too much hype. Um, I mean, if there's hype, it's because it's Kendrick. This is <laughs> my. This is. I'm sorry. This is my statement, but I don't know if you agree or not. I think to, uh, Kendrick is our uh, the closest thing we have to Pac, and yeah. that's still a reach. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that makes it a reach is just the test of time. Like, will Kendrick be memorable enough the way Tupac is but, after so many years? But but Kendrick's using his, his platform as, uh, kind of the same way that Pac is. I mean, Pac was just more out there like that, like loud with it. But Kendrick's, you know, showing light to yeah. sh- to some shit. No, I know, and but that's what I'm saying. Like, just through the test of time, as long as Kendrick can prove that he's memorable enough to where people are still fucking with him 10, 20 years later like the way they talk about Tupac then I would say yeah. Oh, that's true. I you get know, you. I get they're you on the, that same caliber. Too soon. Yeah, it's just too soon to tell. You gotta... But like music-wise, artist-wise, would you say that he's the closest thing we have to Pac? Like yeah. as, a, as a whole, as an artist. Yeah, I, I do think it's gonna happen. I don't doubt it at all. He, but they fuck with him, man. I like fuck with him. And it's just crazy. Yeah. It, you know what's the crazy thing too? Because you, you ever seen those interviews where he says, where he speaks about how Pac saw him in his dreams? Oh, yeah, that? Yeah, he yeah. talks about how like, that's how I, and like, he said Pac came back and told him that he had to save hip hop in his dream. Yeah. And that's crazy. Like, yeah. And super crazy to think about. And I like that about him, too, because, well, I don't know. Sometimes people don't pay attention to things like that, like more on, the, I guess, spiritual end, even though it's a dream. Yeah. But, you know, people don't really pay attention to stuff like that. I used to actually be into dream interpretation. So when people would have dreams, I would want to know, like, what does it mean? Because you can have something random like that and it just have this super significant meaning to whatever is happening in your life. Like your mind's always trying to tell you. And you always something. you always dream too, huh? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I have very vivid dreams. Like they're very weird. Yeah. But yeah. And a lot of times, like, I'll see myself in a place that I know I've dreamt about before, deja vu, like that shit happens to me so regularly. But I think for me, that's just because, well, as a poet, like I've learned to just be very sensitive to my surroundings. So I feel things very deeply. And I also think that's a combination of just being a woman. Like we just feel things more, I mm-hmm. think. 
And when you're an artist and you're trying to convey that, I think it gives a different perspective of the emotions that are behind everything that we see and feel as women. Yeah. Women, man. <laughs> Can't live without y'all. <laughs> That's crazy. But so, what's next? What's next for Ast- Astrid? Astrid. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I like it to be pronounced in Spanish. I'm sorry, yeah. You have to do with the <laughs> accent, Astrid. Don't say, don't, don't, don't pull up on her saying Astrid. <laughs> hey, bitch. What the fuck is that Astrid? It's Astrid. Yeah, I have to, I have to. And it's your, it's your middle name. Yeah, my middle name. So I have to keep it in Spanish because my mom speaks only Spanish. So yeah. it's like, can't be pronounced. And that's you. English. That's you at the end of the day. <laughs> Fuck it. Like I said, like Nikki, to the name is fake. Her name's Onika. Nikki. <laughs> to the name. To the name is fake. <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, do you know about, uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? You know about Il Camille? No. No? I think you'd fuck with her heavy, heavy, heavy. I might just get the link to her to her tape. And she's uh she messes with like you know, you listen to Sir, right? Yeah. Yeah, he messes with she's like his camp and shit. Oh, okay. Well, who's her? <laughs> oh, so yeah, apparently this R and B singer. Who the fuck is her? Is tight? Yeah, she put out a new album. It's actually really, really dope. It's I, hard. I listened to it the other day. Yeah, it's R and B though, so I love R and B, it's hard. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is it like black shit? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Really? <laughs> she's she, she, she on that wave? Um, I love R&B. I love, I love, I love, I don't know. I, it's funny because everyone thinks that my favorite type of shit is trap. Just because that's what I like to play around people. Because, I don't know, I always like to play shit around people that everyone knows in a way. You get me? Okay, yeah. I never like to be that person that's just like playing the new shit that I know and everyone's just there like not really giving a fuck. So, yeah. mostly when I'm around people, like, I can, you know it's funny? I can always tell what people listen to in a way. Like, just based off, like, like at work, you know, I can always tell, like, what's on the radio. I can just sing, sing that around people. Because at work, I'm a jukebox. Like, I just be always saying shit. I'm always singing shit. I'm always rapping different shit. Okay. And different language, different type, like, banda, little corrido shit. And I just, just be saying all this shit all the time. And they really be like, I can, I know what songs to sing around certain people. And they be like, oh, yeah, I know yeah. that song. Because I be like, hey, what kind of music do like? They're like, oh, I just like, oh, shit, like. This is one dude that he just only listens to West Coast shit, but old school West Coast shit. He'd be like, man, I like RBL Posse. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, man, you listen to And I'd be like, and I'd be saying some songs. He'd be like, oh, okay, Chris, like, Dad, I don't know you know that shit. And I was like, bro, like, I can, I'll cater to your shit. I'll cater to that shit. I'll yeah. Because I don't just like to be the only one just singing along to shit. Yeah. No, I appreciate <laughs> all types of music. So I do love trap music, especially if I'm driving. Like, you just feel. Uh, what like- kind of trap, though? Because it, it gets too extreme when you go to, like, the Dexes and the famous Dex and all that. You know I mean? So, trap to, you, um, trap, like, to the average person, trap is just, what, like, the thug future? Mm, well, I like, you like Maxwell Cream. He's tight. But he's, like, underground trap. Um, there's Larry June. He's... I don't know about him. <laughs> um, well, always walk a flock of flame. Like, come on. You walk a, oh, walk but not EDC walk Oh, well, no. <laughs> um, Gucci Mane. You know, there's there's a lot of different trap artists. So you don't just really like one with. type of music. No, I, I like well, I like all types of music. You don't try to write. You're not trying to write poems in Spanish. Um, I've actually thought of that. My mom told me to do that too. But the thing is, I can write in Spanish, but not that well to where I feel, I feel like I can really produce a good I don't know where, don't know where theme go. I don't know none of that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, it gets really complicated. So I I might explore that route, but just not right now. I hear Kelly Uchis shit. <laughs> I fuck with Kelly so bad Like she's yeah. so tight Like yeah. the way she put it on For Colombia And then she's always Going back She had a song with Juanes Like that's tight Exactly That's fucking tight As I know. fuck I was like yo I didn't, I didn't even know She put that, like, that song up And it was like The number one in Colombia Yeah um, That's tight Yeah that was 
for sure iconic. I was like, dang, she's really, like you said, out here representing for her country. And I fuck with that, too. That's why I looked up to her when she posted that tweet about, you know, just putting out all of her mm. early work out now right. as an artist that she's made it. And just the way she carries herself is just dope to me. It's just, I, I forgot to even mention her name earlier, so my bad about that. Who? Um, Kelly. Kelly. But yeah, she's she's tight. I mean, I like that she's... Um, she's she's kind of like sensual in her videos, which I fuck with, cause it's like again she's just being a woman, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you know, being her. And she herself. was Gleech. That's, that's like so opposite, like yeah, and it's it, tight though. And she has like this like pinup vibe, but then she kind of just carries herself as a boss too, like the way she'll be wearing her fur coats. She's tight. I fuck I with that. Yeah, like she's just very you, very very dope to me. You, you, are you one of those people that look up to Selena? I love Selena. Yeah, I do, but no, I'm not obsessed with her like other people are. <laughs> I love like Selena the Leah in our community. No, the Spanish she, community. She is. She definitely is. Um, I love her style. That's why I really fucked with her. I love her music. She... Like techno cumbia, crazy, <laughs> tripping. Like it, suppose there's supposed to be like a virtual reality tour of her. I'm in there. I don't care. Like I'll be so hard. Like I don't. No, nah, you gotta pay homage. She's a, a living legend. But yeah, I just never got into her heavy like that. I'm not sure why. But I, I think because that style of cumbia was not the type of cumbia that my parents would play when I was growing up. We're Salvadorian, so we would listen to um, right. cumbia colombiana. So what? Okay, so explain the... Okay, explain. Um, so it just sounds like a little bit faster. It's like more a beat, I would say. But yeah, you definitely move faster. Um, I don't know how to explain it. You would just have to hear a song. Who are some <laughs> artists that I can probably listen uh, to that are dope? Like Aniceto Molina, he had a few songs that were considered like that style. Right. But you know who he is, right? Who? Aniceto Molina. Sounds familiar. <laughs> you have to. Everybody yeah. knows his songs. You just probably have to hear the song. I probably do. What yeah. about reggaeton? You like reggaeton? Fuck yeah. <laughs> really? You know what's funny? You know yes. what's funny? You know what's funny? I always dis reggaeton growing up because I was like, man, that's fake hip hop. You know, I was just like, that's fake hip hop. But I wasn't like, I wasn't, I wasn't aware that I was like, that's our culture's hip hop. Yeah, that's, that's what tight. I was gonna say. Like, it's not even about being fake. That's just the Hispanic yeah, rap the, music. Yeah. And it's it's really tight because. I just love how it's like rap, but it's more sensual. You know, even the way people grind on each other when they dance. Like that shit has a whole oh yeah, little, was... <laughs> little innuendo to it. Like it's not just regular. Don't know my... Like you know, twerking music. It's like you're about to really grind on Bailey somebody. <laughs> so I I love that because all they really conveyed was just you know these rappers out here growing up in like the poorest areas because all their videos were from where they yeah. were living at it wasn't like these rappers where you see them like in these big old mansions yeah, and stuff true. like that like they're just out there in their neighborhood repping for their city like and that shit was always dope to me so just how they again were true to themselves um as artists when and i was makes, seeing them growing up it makes sense so. to like when, it's crazy like when you get to, when you start realizing why certain artists pop the way they do and certain mm-hmm. artists don't it, it, it makes sense why like you realize why they're not at a higher caliber or why the Gaton wasn't really pushed at the higher level because yeah. they weren't trying to push to that. I mean, it definitely was kind of like getting to that level when Oye Mi Canto came Oye out Mi Canto with was Nori. crazy. Like, that was when it was kind of like, oh, shit, reggaeton is Nori here. was like hip-hop. That got, yeah. yeah. So at that point, I remember reggaeton was kind of like a hot topic because, I mean, even R. Kelly did a song with Wisin Yandel. <laughs> 
burn she it up out of yeah, yeah, game two and then all the yeah. shit. So, you know, the genres were definitely crossing over. And it was tight to see, but then it died off. And it got kind of corny. But I still fuck with all the old stuff, like, to this day. The Evie Queen shit and all that? Yeah, hell yeah. Tengo Calderón, Tengo all that. <laughs> otra noche, otra. That's my shit. Yeah. I love that. I love all that. But you said Hispanic. That's like that's like our Hispanic rap. How do you feel about that? How do you think? How do you look at Chicano rap then? Oh well, I mean, obviously, original I, rap music is sick. I, that's where it started. I can't. I can't stand that shit. To be honest, like I really can't. Like I listen to this shit and it's like I cringe. Like, like, what do you mean? like Mr. Capone, Mr. Capone, whatever. Uh, oh, like shit no, like that. No, no, you get no. me? Like um, MC Ma- MC Magic, but <laughs> he from Rob? Riverside, so I can't really hate. You know, I have to show love. Uh, okay. Well, when it comes to artists like that. I I don't fuck with them, but you know what? I feel like they kind of contribute something bigger, which is for the culture, like that cholo, like lowrider yeah, kind of yeah. culture. So I think that's tight because I don't know. I and just, that's just super independent. So all the money, is, all the money they make is for themselves. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not gonna knock it because. They have, like, a whole lifestyle behind the type of music that they put out. Uh, it's, like I said, it's not my my style or my preference, but, I mean, it is what it is. Lil Rob Summer Nights, though, was pretty dope. Summer Nights. <laughs> you still pass it. I should really... No, I haven't. I haven't. But when I do hear it, I'm like, hey, bro, it's we, a throwback. we reference that. We reference, like, bro, when Summer Nights started popping, like, yo, we're going to have the top down. We're going to have some Lil Rob. Man, but now I appreciate your time, Marilyn. I appreciate you for stepping by. You got a show coming up, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, this Sunday. Um, it's gonna start at seven. It's at this venue called the Lorenzo, and it's over by the USC area. So if you're in that area on Sunday, then feel free to stop by. It's gonna be me and three other poets featuring, but it's an open mic, so people are welcome to sign oh, okay. up, and you'll probably hear other poets, rappers, singers, all that. And that's you take by USC, you said, right? Yeah. What time is it? Is that? What time it is starts it? at seven. Seven. I have the I have the info on the description and all that. All right, cool. To make it easier <laughs> for people, but um, no, I appreciate you. Thank you for coming through. Uh, thank you for the bars. Thank you for just shit, shit that I didn't even know about you. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Overly blunt podcast, guys. O B O B. Today's episode of Overly Blunt podcast featuring Chris X Matt is executive produced by Overly Blunt, produced by Christopher Esparza and engineered by Patrick Marino.